0: The podcasts on the Sing Second Sports Network are a ProVision Advisors production. At ProVision Advisors, we specialize in strategic communication planning, execution, and coaching for senior level leaders and communicators dedicated to achieving success. Visit ProVisionAdvisors.net to learn more.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the one and only Navy Football Podcast. I'm Bill Wagner with the Baltimore Sun and Capital Gazette newspapers. I am the longtime Naval Academy Athletics beat writer and have been covering Navy football since 2001. And I am joined by my co-hosts, Kenan Reynolds and Eric Catani, two former Navy greats from the triple option era, both of whom played in the NFL. This is our two-week-out pod for Army-Navy game. The game is December 10th, and we are taping here on November 30th, uh, about 10 days out from the big game. Keenan, first thing I will ask you is pick out one Army-Navy moment that really stands out in your mind. Not, not necessarily a game per se, but a moment where you're just like, this is Army-Navy, this is what this game is all about. This is one thing I'll remember for the rest of my life. Do you have something like that from this game?
2: Probably the snow game. I, I don't know like if I have like a specific moment, but the snow game was pretty was pretty legit. Um well, it was it, it was great to like look back on and think about. Uh, but while I was playing, it was af- it was absolutely miserable. Um I've never been that cold in my life. But like when you talk about like what defines the Army Navy game as far as like the playing experience, Um, that's about as Army-Navy as you can get, you know, playing in the snow, blowing out Army. doesn't get much better than that, I don't think. So, um, yeah, I'd probably go with that. I mean, typically I I say something about my senior year because, you know, it's the last last year or whatever. Um, But that one
1: always sticks out of my mind for sure. Well, I thought you might say that pass to Brandon Turner because it was really dramatic. It was a tight game. You guys were on your own in the field. You needed a score to kind of put it away, and that pass to Brandon Turner, is that not high on your list?
2: Yeah, I'm actually glad you brought that up. That whole drive was pretty crazy. Um, not, I think last year maybe I was, like, watching the game, and, like, we, we kind of should have lost that game. Uh, we got some really, really good breaks, but, like, that pass, like, literally if it had been, like, a half a yard shorter, it would have probably got intercepted or broken up. And it's like all those plays kind of like fell in our favor. We got the fumble recovery at the end of the game. Uh, shout out Barry Dabney. And so like all those the little moments that like kind of define the game, like that play by Barry, Brandon's catch, my touchdown run after that. Like those three plays are the only three plays I really remember about the game, but those are like the defining points of the game. And I think it just kind of goes to show like when you're playing in those types of games, everybody knows this already, but like I think it's very visual proof of like like a few plays can really sway the game one way or the other. Cause I really felt like army kind of outplayed us for the majority of that game. Like they were rolling on offense. We really couldn't get much going on, on, on our side of the ball on offense. And, you know, they made a lot of really good, good big plays. Trent Stillman plays, butt off that game. So it's just like those three plays define the game and the difference between us losing and who knows what would happen if we lost that game, who knows how my career would have been if we lost that game, but we, we made those plays and, um, you know, that changed everything.
1: And last but not least, with regard to your Army-Navy experiences, I think Coach Jasper has always referenced this, and even Coach Nehemiah, that nobody's uh, um, immune to getting nervous before an Army-Navy game. In your senior year, they were a little surprised because you were as seasoned of a veteran as there ever was at the Naval Academy. But I think being 3-0, and knowing that you had to beat them as a senior to close out the perfect record against army close out your legacy apparently you were a little nervous that senior year i mean do you acknowledge that or no
2: um they may have just they may have said i was nervous because i didn't play well uh cuz i really didn't play that great that game um i was always nervous for army navy games like i don't think it was like that specific year that was like more than the rest i just happened to play better in other games um but i would just say like a lot of it is like the streak you know you're a senior you're a senior class now I'm the senior quarterback you know there's been at that time there had been a lot of hype that season about the Heisman and like there's a whole lot of stuff going on right so you don't want to like kind of deflate at the end of the season where we've been dominating really all year uh save say one game really um we've been dominating and then you get to this game and you don't want to like have a letdown uh and then it just absolutely derail your entire season um and so Definitely had like wanted had a lot of pressure on myself to like not make mistakes, and then obviously, as everybody knows, when you do stuff like that, you make more mistakes. So I was I didn't play great that game, um, but I don't think like going into it like my, my like my my level of like anxiety or nervousness was any different than any other Army Navy game. I was always nervous because like they were massive games, and we at, at, up until that point, like we had had you know ten years, eleven years, twelve years. So it's like you don't want to be the quarterback on the starter on the starting the starting quarterback on the team that lost the streak, like nobody ever wants to be that, that guy. And if, if it does happen and it happened, you know, you move on and life moves on and earth still spins. But like as a player in that moment, um, it's almost like a make or break type of situation. So um, I, I would say that that kind of weighed on me all four years, but
1: especially that last year. So let's talk about, this is the week before the week and it's preparations begun. Navy's practicing last week. It's been, this is an oddity we talked about on the last pod. Navy having three weeks between the last game and Army-Navy. Uh, it hasn't happened since 2013. It's rarely happened. Uh, basically, it's a bye before the bye that you always get before Army. So uh, they, Coach Niamat decided to just let everyone off. They didn't practice. You know, they did film study. Guys were allowed to work out on their own. But then this week they come back and they start preparing. But today was the Army-Navy press conference, which you attended. So it's, uh, you know, you know, it's something kind of thrown into the middle, middle of this week. But so really it's next week when you get the nose to the grindstone. So what is your recollection of what this week is all about? Yeah, I would
2: say that uh, actually this week is like the grind week like because you don't have a game. I remember, I want to say it was my freshman year, like we had an Army-Navy scrimmage. Um, so, I mean, I think like these things – kind of uh, really build up this week. And then next week, you kind of focus on game planning. You focus on making sure you stay healthy, making sure everybody's moving fast, playing fast, understands what it's supposed to be, what the looks are going to look like. But this week is all about just building that toughness, that that resilience and that grit, Um, building that back up, like getting back in a camp form. We used to call it army camp um, because it was a grind this week and it was miserable. You practice all week. We practice on Saturday morning. And then next week is like you kind of get more in season mode a little bit.
1: And as far as the hype, how do you ignore that, Kenan? I mean, it's all around. You're on campus. The other the brigade members are all in your ear. Got to beat Army. How did you kind of put the hype behind, you know, immune yourself to that so you can focus? You know, like I think there's a lot of there's always a lot of talk about like
2: ignore the hype, ignore the noise. But like I don't feel like that's possible. I don't. That's not human. And anybody that says that that's what they did, like you're trying to convince yourself of something. I've said that before, and you you just really try to convince yourself that it's not there, but it's there. It's like a. It's the elephant in the room. I think the best. The best method is just embrace it. Like this is a golden opportunity. Like that. This is why I came to Naval Academy over any other school. Um, these are. That's one of the reasons why. Like I get to play in the Army Navy game, the only game on TV that day the biggest rivalry in college football the most storied rivalry nfl stadium cbs national. League, like that's why that's why you want to be a navy football player those, that's the type of things that draw you to the school so i say embrace it like enjoy it because like once it's gone you're just gonna be dreaming about all those the memories that you had playing in that playing in that game over your career so trying to like walk around and pretend that it's just another football game like it sounds great as a media bite and you try to like like brainwash yourself into thinking that coaches are trying to brainwash you into thinking that but I personally like being more seasoned now older and you know live more life like I look back on it and say embrace all that like don't try to be
0: a robot
1: we're going to go to break and when we come back we'll have our Academy Securities alumni spotlight
0: all right sing second fans a few announcements from our friends at the naval academy athletic association while the next two weeks will be largely about beating army and getting ready for the big game in philadelphia we have to remember that we are in the thick of men's and women's basketball and that means that you can still get your season tickets for both the men and the women by going over to navysports.com or calling 1-800-US-4-NAVY. And while you're on navysports.com, be sure to check out the Kid Shipman Club for your junior Navy fans. That's right. The Kid Shipman Club is the official kids club of Navy athletics. For just $20, your membership includes exclusive gifts, free tickets to Navy sporting events, a birthday card from Build-A-Goat, and more. So get on over to NavySports.com, get those basketball season tickets, sign up for the Kid Shipman Club, get ready to beat Army, and don't miss our next couple interviews. Now back to the pod.
1: Welcome back to the pod. and It is now time for our Academy Securities Alumni Spotlight. We all want to thank Academy Securities, which is the company founded and operated by Navy great Phil McConkie. Tonight, we are so honored to be joined by a Navy football legend. One of the best, one of the greatest, Eddie Myers, tailback. His name still is all over the Navy football record book. My podcast partner, Keenan Reynolds, is the all-time leader in career rushing with four thousand five hundred fifty-nine yards. But Eddie Myers, who was not able to play as a freshman, I will remember. Uh, got make sure to tell you in those days, junior uh, freshman did not play varsity. Eddie, in three seasons. Had 2,935 rushing yards, uh, led Navy in rushing for three straight seasons, sophomore, junior, and senior. And one of Eddie's great accomplishments, maybe one of the, he he may consider his greatest game, I don't know, was when he had 278 rushing yards in the Army-Navy game. And Eddie, let's talk about that game first and foremost uh what what happened in that game why were the, you just ripping off yards and they said that we're going to feed the beast just keep giving them the ball or was it a poor weather day and it was going to be a ground game no matter what or had this been what navy had been doing all season just feeding you the rock
3: thank thank you bill for the introduction and uh, uh that game I, you know that was 1979 uh, a lot of years ago and that game still Rings. um, I I still have a lot of memories from that game. Um, One of the first things is that you know, as I remember it, it was a very crisp day. I remember, and that was the the last game that was played at Frank at the old Franklin Field in Philadelphia, where they still had wooden goalposts. So, but we were out there. We got you know, we got to the to the game uh, the day before as we normally did back then and uh got a chance to walk the field. And um I remember walking next to George. Uh George Wells was my coach then. I remember walking next to George and he says he turns and looks at me and says, it's going to be a fast track. <laughs> you know, you know, it's a grass field, right? So but he says it's going to be a fast track because the ground was a little hard. Um and 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 as I said, it was a crisp day. But yeah, they just uh you know at the end of the day, um, really, I uh, I don't remember a lot of things that I did because, uh, uh a, a lot of what I did back then, I would get in a, just be in the moment and be so uniquely focused. Um, and, uh, yeah, they just fed me the rock time after time, after time. And I just kept just ripping off as many yards as I can get, uh, you know. I always, I, I had always, I had always looked forward to the Army-Navy game. I always wanted to play in the Army-Navy game. Um, felt that like that was the biggest game, the biggest rivalry in the country. Uh, still is, uh, or should I say, I feel it still is, especially when I see uh, my my West Point counterparts and uh, and even my uh, Air Force counterparts they all know that um, the Army Navy game is still the biggest game ever for anybody so um, but yeah um, it was uh, it was a hell of a day it was a hell of a day. Well
1: in 1979 Navy defeated Army 31 to 7 uh, Eddie was uh, three and one against Army but uh, he played in three games because as I said, in those days, uh, plebes did not play varsity. Um, uh, Eddie has for actually, he was three zero and one. Uh, I misspoke. Eddie has forbidden me to speak about the senior year game. He will not talk about it. Uh, suffice to say, all you need to know is that game ended in a three three tie, and Eddie does not like to talk about it. So let's talk about something happier. Uh, your time at Navy. You know, I don't know the circumstances of what schools you considered. Uh, you had to have been highly recruited as good as you were. I'm sure you had other options. What led you to the Naval Academy? And as you sit here all these years since your graduation, I, I know you don't regret it, Eddie.
3: No, there's no regret. There never, there has never been a regret uh, from my standpoint, uh, mentally, physically, or in my heart. Um, the Naval Academy gave me an opportunity to play ball, honestly, Division One football, which is what I wanted to do. Um honestly when I was I, I came out of New Jersey uh, a big uh, high school in New Jersey but I was an all-state linebacker when I was in when I was coming out of high school. But I was 5 foot 9 around a 5 440 at 5 foot 9 um and every school including Rutgers that I wanted to go to um said, "Uh oh, you're too small." Actually, um Rutgers said we don't see much potential in you <laughs> it, which just literally, literally devastated me quite honestly and um but the academy came and saw me and 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 took a different approach you know they said well you're you're kind of small for a linebacker um however have you ever ran the ball before Well you know that that uh I had I had returned several kickoffs while I was in high school my largest, My longest kickoff being 98 yards, kickoff return being 98 yards. And uh, so they said, Will you ever consider being a running back? I said, sure, that'd that'd be great. And uh, they said, well, what we're going to do is we're going to send you to prep school so you can make the transition, and then we'll bring you in as a running back. Rest is history. Rest is history, and you know, as you said, I, you know, we really couldn't play as a freshman. But even in my sophomore year, I was a seventh-string running back coming in. Uh, I was seventh, you know, as far as the depth chart was concerned. I was a seventh-ranked running back, and lo and behold, who would believe that the other six would get injured, um, and that my first starting game would be against—not starting game, but I uh, um, uh, came in uh, to replace. The, the six, it's the six uh, running back, um, Dwayne Flowers. I came in and replaced him at the uh, in the Notre Dame game and ran for uh, ninety nine yards and a half against Notre Dame and never lost never lost a job after that.
1: Well, so before we talk about your career in the Navy and your career since in business, and Eddie's been very successful. Um, let's go back to that army navy game of 79 that 278 yards rushing was an army navy game record that stood for a long time and it finally was taken down by malcolm perry who uh we like to call keenan reynolds jr because he, he tried to imitate keenan uh malcolm went crazy and rushed for 304 yards in the not 2019 army navy game i seem to recall that you were there um what were your thoughts I mean records are made to be broken but I'm sure it was a point of honor for you that you held that very special record for such a long time
3: yeah it it was it was honorable for me you know I mean it was the uh it was the 40th year it was just the numbers just lined up right and uh, I was glad that I was there um for him to break the record because I knew it was going to be broken or I just felt in my gut that it was going to be broken that day. Um, And, uh, you know, it's a hard record to be broken because it has to be done on that day. So you get one opportunity, and only one, right? I mean, so if you play three years or you play four years, whatever it is, you only get one opportunity each year to do it. And um, But I felt that it was going to happen that year, and I was glad that I was there, and I congratulated him after the game and so forth. And it was just – it it was really magical – um that I was there and I was happy I was very happy for him and uh you know and I in a way I kind of wanted it to be broken right it's like god this thing can't stand forever somebody's got to break it right and uh and I was so proud that he did and he did it on that day He just went I mean he just ripped army apart uh and you know that was even more fun (laughs) you know he just ripped army apart and uh so I was just loving it the entire time. I, I just, you know, there was no animosity or anything of that nature. I was so proud of him and so happy for him, uh, that uh, you know, that's one of the things why I wanted to get down and see him and um, and and congratulate him and congratulate him in person. So and I was able to do that. So again, uh, you know, I was blessed uh and uh that I was able to do that. I was blessed that I was there even able to be there on that day and uh so it's it's it was great it was great and you know for it to stand 40 years that's great because my number was number 40 so i, I don't mind if you broke it after 40 years
1: well so as someone else whose name is all throughout this record book and it's funny is i look through the record book especially the rushing categories career season game so often it's keenan reynolds malcolm perry eddie myers they're all in this little grouping of special players Keenan jump in here I was curious what was the most rushing yards you had against army we already talked about how Craig Candido had six rushing touchdowns against army um, but uh kind of jump in here and talk to him.
2: yeah I don't think I ever broke the 200 uh barrier so I mean that it's it's wildly impressive what what Eddie and, and Malcolm were able to do 200 yards against Two hundred plus yards in his army, like I don't think people realize. First of all, how hard that game is, Um, and so to be able to do that on that stage at that time, when we just talked about you know playing that game and how important it is, I mean that's mind-blowingly impressive from somebody who who has played uh, in the game. And so I I think my question is, my question to you is less football-related and more so uh, like after the game. Um, and one thing that I've learned throughout my transition and I talked about on this podcast is like they talk about the brotherhood, they talk about Navy football alumni sticking together. But I would really love to hear like any story or personal stories you have about how that kind of came true for you in your life after the Navy, after football, um, where you were able to, to pick up the phone and lean on somebody that played before you, uh, played with you um, in the next phase of life after ball, after the military.
3: Well, it hasn't, been, and thank you for that question, Kenan. I mean, it's it's you know, as I said earlier, um, you know, the one thing that joins us, uh, and, and as you know, and I think you have a sense of have a sense for um, the one thing that joins all of us together is our sense of responsibility and us, and and what we do, and what we've done, and that joint experience. You know, I've got a I've got a number of friends that were rangers, and I and I tell them I was a I, I tell them you got so basically you guys were basically just Marines, right? <laughs> you know, because they want to say hey how good they were as rangers. I said, well, you know, every basic Marine is a ranger, right? Because we do all the things you do, and then some, right? Uh, and I was a Marine, so but I've got a number of friends that are rangers that went to West Point, and it's it's great to be able to call somebody. And say, hey, look, um, you know, and 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 have that bond, and you know you have that bond, and ask them for something, ask them to do something, and feel confident that it's going to get done at the end of the day. And I I only feel that with guys that I went to the academy, with guys that are, that went to West Point, and guys that went to Air Force. If I ask you to do something that I know that it's going to get done. And that's been consistent throughout my entire career. Whether I'm asking for help or I'm just uh, I just asking to meet somebody, they will call you back immediately because you went to the academy. They will call you back immediately because you went to West Point. They will call you back immediately because you went to the Air Force Academy. And that's that doesn't happen. Uh, but because you have that joint experience where they feel that we have a brotherhood uh, outside of just being... Uh, naval officers or marine Corps officers or or, or military officers that uh, w- we're kind of bound to help each other whenever we can and and at any point in time in our lives and I see that time time and again and it's uh it, it's just great uh, to have that feeling and confident that you can call uh, one of your brothers uh from the other forces or from from the military and uh and, and they're going to help you out at the end of the day.
1: So Eddie served in the Marine Corps, as you mentioned, but Eddie also had an NFL opportunity, spent time with the Atlanta Falcons. Eddie, why don't you tell us about those years after graduation when you were kind of dual pursuing Marine Corps training and your opportunity with the Falcons? And I, I think we've talked about this before, but I mean, I think things were going fairly well with the Falcons and then it just, it didn't work out enough that you ended up being able to stick with them, kind of tell us about those years and how it all transpired.
3: Yeah, uh, thank you for the question, Bill. Um, you know, my year—I spent—I ended up spending uh, six years with the Atlanta Falcons, and you know, they wanted me to—they wanted me to play uh, every year. Basically, every year I went to training camp, and every year they said, "Hey, look, you back to the Marine Corps." The Marine Corps. Um and uh, the commandant of the Marine Corps said that, hey, look, that I would not be able to play during the regular season. That was basically it. That's how that happened. He said I just couldn't play regular season. But by the same token, I had uh, um I had other officers that other around me that went to the academy or or went to one, you know, went to the went to the naval academy and they helped me out. They helped me get the training camp. They made sure I was I I could spend as much time at training camp as I could, and uh, and work with me so that I would be able to do that every year. And came back for the uh, after I came after I got in the Marine Corps. I came back for the eighty-seven season and played in the eighty-seven season. Got injured um, late in the season against uh, Kansas City um, against against Kansas City against a guy I played uh, the it, it played the ball against in high school and um got injured and uh and spent the year on IR and uh, the following year I was having another good year um and then I got released uh got released got picked up by the Eagles but the Eagles just wanted um just wanted to fill in uh, during training camp at that point in time and then I uh had an opportunity to go to Canada uh, to play Canadian football and uh Chose to stay in the NFL and got another shot, but uh, that didn't work out either, but it was just timing. I, I I think it's, you know, I don't, I don't feel bad about that at all. You know, sometimes it's just timing and sometimes it just doesn't work out and that's okay. You know, and, and you gotta, you gotta move on. And I moved on and, um, and I got started with my career and my, uh, my, um, you know, I had, I already had my master's degree in finance. So I got my career started, uh, in the financial industry and, uh, uh, it's been, I mean, I felt like in the financial industry, I felt like I've never worked a day in my life going honestly. Uh, but I've learned so much and I brought a lot, uh, from football, brought a lot from the Marine Corps, brought a lot from, from a leadership standpoint, uh, to the table. And that has helped me and, uh, helped me get to where I am today.
1: Well, I think the one, uh, Benefit of your time with Atlanta is that's where you ended up settling. If I'm correct, you still in the live in the Atlanta area now, correct, Eddie?
3: Yes, I do. And yes, I what do. is
1: your the, the company you have? I know for a long time now you've had your own company. Uh, why don't you kind of tell us about the company and what exactly y'all are doing?
3: Well, it's it's not my own company, but I work for uh, I work for PNC Bank, uh, which is a national. Uh, bank it's worth uh, 550 billion dollars in, in assets um, and I run the state of Georgia so I'm the Georgia president for PNC Bank so I run the entire state of Georgia um, um the things that I've done in the past have prepared me for this role uh uniquely prepared me for this role. I was always a deal guy sales guy you know I started my career in banking as an auditor and uh, work I've worked myself up through the ranks. Uh, and uh, it served me well because I've I've gotten through a leadership. I've been in a leadership role for the last uh, now uh, almost twenty years now, and uh, as an executive with PNC, and uh, uh, it has served me well because you know one of the things that I learned in Marine Corps is I own it. <laughs> you know, I make a decision and I own it. And uh, unfortunately, in corporate America, a lot of people want to make decisions by by, um, you know, by groups. And uh, I'll make a decision, we'll run with it, and I'll own it. So good, bad, or indifferent. But uh, I say as long as you own the decision, you can always make changes because it's your decision.
1: Christovello, so, any thoughts for Eddie Myers? Well, I, I grew up
0: uh, a fan. Uh, I'm from Southern Maryland, as I've said before, and went to Navy games and very much re- remember uh, uh, being a young man watching uh, Eddie play and uh, Napoleon McCallum after him. Um, but I, I was surprised to find out, this is what I want to ask, um, just a few years ago, um, Eddie, uh, I watched your daughter in the Olympics, and that was exciting to see. Uh, I wonder what that felt like as a, you know, such an accomplished college football player, somebody that pursued their professional dreams, but then to have your daughter... Uh, represent the United States, the Olympics. Uh, that had to be a
1: pretty cool experience for a dad and a former Marine. Yeah. I'm remiss in that. I should have mentioned Alana. That's, I've written about her and she has made, I believe, more appearances in the Winter Olympics as a U.S. women's bobsledder than any other, uh, Eddie can confirm or not.
3: Yeah. She's the most decorated uh, Olympic uh, winter athlete um she's the most decorated bobsledder um that ever um i mean uh she's been in four olympics with five uh, five olympic uh, medals and uh two bronze and three silvers and uh i i tell you what the the first time she went to the olympics was in 2010 if i remember correctly uh but um uh, it, it was just such a surreal experience. I mean, and uh, to, to go through four Winter Olympics with her has been uh, very, very exciting. I mean, uh, and to follow her around the country uh, or around the world, quite honestly, in racing, uh, which my wife and I have, um, has been just a great experience. It's she's taken what I've been able to give her and taken it to a different level. I am not that tough. I am. I'm not that fast, I'm not that strong, and I am not that tough, mentally or otherwise. But there's a lot of things that that she reminds me of how I am. Uh, you know, I am, you know, during practice, I, I, practices, I was always very, very cerebral. I'm thinking about every aspect of the game. And, you know, even when I was in the NFL, I would think about every aspect of the game and I would know what every other um, player had to do, what every other player's role was on a, on a per-play basis. And uh, so I was very cerebral. But when it came game time, I just let it rip. I would let it rip. And uh, I remember in college, George would say, well, you can't do that. And in practice, I'm like, okay, well. And then I'd end up doing it in a game. And he'd say, how would you do that? And I said, I didn't know that I did that, right? Um, but um, at the end of the day, the, the best experience that I've ever had is uh supporting and carrying my my daughter's bags um as as she was an Olympic athlete and that's um that's been a great the greatest experience of my life going honestly
1: once again we appreciate Eddie Myers joining us for the Academy Securities alumni Spotlight we will now hear our exclusive interview with Navy head coach Ken Niamatolo Coach, why don't you just quickly assess the season to date? There's been ups, there's been downs, but how do you feel going into the biggest game of the season?
4: Well, I, I like where we're at right now. I feel like we're playing our best football. Um, you know, going into our last three games, uh, probably the the toughest part of our schedule, um, you know, with Cincinnati, Notre Dame, and also with um, UCF last week, I thought, you know, we are playing our – playing our best football game, uh, our best football going to the game. So that's encouraging. Uh, Like you said, there's been some ups and downs this year. You know, we um, unfortunately close some games, but not close enough to win games. But just been encouraged by the way our guys have continued to battle and like where we're at at this point of the season heading into this game.
1: So obviously, as we have always discussed, this is a real physical battle. Uh, Coach Newberry was telling us last week, you know, you always say the same, that this game is one at the line of scrimmage. Whoever can win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball is usually going to win the game. Uh, These last three games that you mentioned, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, Central Florida, all opponents that are very big up front on both sides of the ball, you must feel battle-tested and ready for this, ultimately, the very most difficult test of the season, trying to win a physical battle with Army.
4: Well, you like going into the game that you played, um, you know, three physical games, with three teams that like to run football. But obviously schematically uh, what Army does is different than what, you know, Cincinnati, Notre Dame and UCF does. But, you know, we're familiar with what they do. So that helps us. You know, I mean, it's it's might be foreign to other people, but, you know, we we have a pretty good idea of what they like to do and what they want to do sure they have some variations they always do just like how we will and you know we're always uh everybody has wrinkles in football as part of it but you know you also don't stray too far away from where you're who you are so yes it's going to be a physical game which uh we feel like the last three games or the seasons helped us with you know we feel like we've had a uh, you know tough schedule you know going last year going into last year uh, going into the season, it was the, the third toughest schedule. And this year, going into the season, our schedule is number one. So we recognize it's going to be a tough schedule. These last three games have been tough, but it's feel like it's prepared us physicality-wise, but obviously what Army does is different. It's option football, but obviously we're an option team too. So um, hopefully all of that helps us in our preparation for, you know, against Army.
1: Well, before I turn it over to my co-host, Eric Catani, former Navy great, I want you to know that on this pod, he talks a lot still about how Ricky Dobbs should have given the ball to the fullback more often. He, 15 years after he graduated, he's still talking about that coach. What do you think of that?
4: Well, obviously Eric was a great, great fullback. Ricky was a great quarterback. Um, Ricky might have missed some reads. <laughs> yeah, just he also only a won few. a ton, of games and uh, he he beat the Irish twice. So, you know, as a quarterback, there's, you know, he's done some things nobody else done, but um, he probably did miss some reads. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, Coach, I you know I learned a ton from you, uh, not just on the football field but off the football field. Um, you always talk about servant leadership, and I've always taking that from you and a bunch of players have as well, not just, you know, in the fleet, but also in the civilian world, uh, also accountability and then doing your job. We talk about it all the time and my first day in the, in the Patriots, you walk in the facility and you know there's, there's four things, right. And you know, you walk in the door, one of the things is do your job. So I, I, I thank you very much for doing that for me and also continue with the players. And, uh, one of the stories that I always thought about of is like, you know, if everybody's listening is coach Nima Lolo is very, even keeled you know doesn't show much temper coach jasper pulled us in the office one time he's like guys i'm gonna show you why coach Niemont is like this and you probably know i'm gonna say it was <clears throat> coach was a quarterback at university of hawaii and uh he threw interception and uh he threw interception and you see i'm just a like, guy running out, down the sideline and then he runs out of bounds and then you know he plays usually over then nope coach Niemont runs through and tackles and i mean like takes his head off and he tell you, to go, this is why I'm like this guy's. And I'm like, I I know not to be on the bad side of that. So you know, even after you know graduating nine, I, I remember stuff like that. And then back to what to Bill's thing as coach has always said this when I was there, which kind of you know resonated with me is the Navy triple option always gets better when the leaves turn colors and start to fall. And I think that's true in so many points of you know the offensive line is, is getting better the quarterback and the fullbacks, their, their mesh is better. The A-backs are getting the pitches. Everybody's kind of moving in the full cylinders. And you've seen that, especially with this young team, the past three games since the ND and UCF, like you guys are looking good at such a young age too. And it's, you know, it's not tied to quarterback. It's X and he's, he's new to it. And he's, he's such a good athlete. And you can see uh Dawa playing really well. Offensive line are getting the block wider receivers. Coach Okaya is doing a great job getting those guys to the second level. And then, um, Coach talked about this, and she actually showed film to the trustees of, you know, some of the small plays that we've missed is, you know, offensive line, cup lock in Cincinnati, missing, missing the, the the pretty much the game-winning touchdown. Air Force missing some small things. And, you know, a lot of the, the, the listeners aren't really watching in detail of what, you know, we watch and the coaches especially watch. So I appreciate everything you've done. And I, I look forward to, one, not playing a number one schedule or a number three schedule and having a little easier schedule next year. For a guy who can compete, because NIL and the transfer portal are brutal for not just Navy, Air Force, and Army, but the entire NCAA. Yeah,
4: thank you, Eric. thank you. I mean, first of all, I want to say, man, you still bowed up, man. It's hard to look at you because you right. see your your <laughs> pipe over there, man. You're still, still rocked up, man. But um, I appreciate that. I appreciate saying that, and um, you know, and I will say this. I mean, obviously, you're included. It's one of the reasons I stayed here. We we got great young men, and love coaching them. Um and, and part of it is, you know, when these close games, uh, we have to do our job. You know, that's a big part of it. Um, you know, Weiss talked about making sure that we, you know, we're really good at running football and stopping the run, but we gotta have perfect eyes too in the back end. You know what I mean? Make sure we don't get any cheap ones because our eyes are in the wrong place. And that's always the case in, you know, in service academy games, um, taking care of the football. You know all those things are kind of important. Uh, not that they are important. It's the biggest thing that we always talk about protecting the brotherhood. But I, I'm encouraged because our guys. I mean, just the season didn't go the way we wanted. Obviously, in this in the beginning part, but our guys continue to battle, and I'm just encouraged where we're at. Um, and like you said, Eric, I mean, we got a lot of young guys that are playing really well, and right X is operating at a high level. Um, Daba, like you said, and. You know, Tom, when he's in there, those guys are doing really good things. But you know, yeah, you know, if you can take one to the house against the against the Irish, I mean, that's you know, that's that's pretty good because obviously we know how those guys can run. Um, but we know this is going to be a dog fight too. It always it always it always is. You, you throw out the records, you know, you just come ready to play. So we got two weeks, and hopefully we will be prepared. But. Um, You've been in a lot of these, uh, you know. What I mean, you I, know I, how they are, so
5: they're. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's a very interesting game because you know it's whole time of the academy. Your First thing as a, a plebe is you know go Navy beat Army, and um, you know the whole and the great thing is you know they, they shifted it back, you know now two weeks to three weeks to be the only game. You now college game day, you guys are the spotlight, and it's great for one for the football team, the players, but it's recruiting as well, not just for the nail academy, but for the Navy. I know, like you know, most players, you know. high school aren't thinking about going to academies until they watch this game and see the spotlights. And Navy football is on all the time, which is phenomenal for recruiting aspects. But one of the things that, you know, I want to talk about, if it's possible, is the head coach, Coach Munkin. He recruited me. He brought me to Navy. He was a tremendous coach at the Naval Academy and then left. You know, how does it feel coaching against your friend? You you guys have been friends for years when you guys coached together in Hawaii over, what, 30 years ago?
4: Yeah, so we started together as graduate assistants. he was on defense, you know. Obviously, I've always been on offense, but he was a GA football defensive GA at Hawaii. I was on the offensive side of the ball, um, obviously I state of Hawaii. He went his ways, and he when Coach Johnson got his head job, then he hired um, Monk. You know where he hired Monk. I was here at Navy. Then you know he got the job. It, yeah, but we are close. It shows how close we are with it. You know when he was getting the job at Army. He called me on it and we were talking. I still remember because actually you were playing, we were in Hawaii, getting ready to play Hawaii. And he was calling me about it and you know what my thoughts were about taking army game, I mean job. And I was happy for him, but also told him, Well, you recognize you're going to a, a rival. <laughs> and yeah. And be honest with you, um our our relationship, so to speak,'s been put on hold until we're done coaching. Well, you it, know it, I mean?
5: that's that's normal though.
4: Yeah, it just not. I mean. It's I mean, Monk and I, like I said, we're, we're good friends and I know once when it's over, we'll become friends again. But it, it's not like we're, you know, getting together for barbecues or. Well,
5: yeah, you're, you're, you're like that, I mean, in all realms, recruiting kids, finding kids you're, you're, like the kids that go to the academy. It's, there's very few West Point, Air Force, Stanford, Notre Dame, those guys. And you got you know, you to find the best ones and get them. So it's, yeah, always, it's always a challenge. I get that.
4: Um, And so, like I said, he's I mean, I'm at Navy. He's at army. You know, we're both pulling for our own programs. You know what I mean, but we—it's—is um it's, it's, uh, our, our friendship for now is kind of like you said. We're we're not the same. It's it's not the same. You know, we don't call each other, and you know stuff like that. it's just different now. But I mean, it's just the way it is when you at two rival
5: schools. You know. Yeah, and uh, and Bill Coach is so competitive. When I was a GA, he used to beat my butt in tennis so bad. It was it was. He was making me run around the court, making me look like a fool. So coach is still a still phenomenal athlete. So don't, don't get it wrong with that.
4: Yeah, I don't know about that, but appreciate coach. it, man. I was gonna coach. say one thing too, just interesting. You're talking about you know, scheduling stuff. The other thing that you've seen in transfer portal, I I found it interesting too, seeing some of the academic schools like Stanford, uh, Northwestern, you know, guys just just listening to Coach Shaw's stuff, you know. I step, I mean. He kind of mentioned, or in the article, it mentioned that I didn't realize the Pac-12 has an average of 26 transfers average, and I guess uh, Stanford had one. You know what I mean? And so it's um, it's getting hard; it's hard to compete because you now you're assembling teams like the like the yeah. team that Coach Riley has at, at I mean, obviously a phenomenal coach, and he's doing a great job at SC. But you know he's been able to assemble guys and bring guys from different places. And again, it's not bad. It's not illegal. It's what everybody's doing. So
5: yeah, but it's it's, it's also not fair against us, right? It's like we can't transfer guys like this. And you know the guys that I played that at, that were D tackles that were phenomenal. You know you guys are playing now a guy a transfer that's uh, the that second string in Alabama or that's that's coming over to you know UCF. You're playing guys that are four or five star recruits every game. It's not the same schedule that I played because we didn't lay off a year. So it's, it's a bunch, it's different. And people need to realize yeah. that.
4: Yeah. Having UCF, SMU, Houston, those type of schools, Cincinnati, there are great landing spots. Like you said, for twos at those types of schools, if they're they going to go somewhere, home. they
5: want to go to the league. They want. They yeah, wanna, like, hey, yeah. Those yeah. are
1: good places to go if I'm going to go somewhere. So coach, uh, one quick thing before we get back to army Navy, uh, there was some shakeup in the league uh, this week, Philip Montgomery, uh, step down at Tulsa. Uh, there's rumors that Willie Fritz will be leaving Tulane for Georgia Tech, um, and Luke Fickle. Now, granted, that school is not going to be in the league anymore, so it doesn't matter to you. But uh, three American Athletic Conference coaches moving on in some way or another, and again, you you're still here. Uh, but is it? And it was that Philip Montgomery was the one somewhat contemporary to you. And I know you and he were close, but uh, you've seen a lot of coaching change in the American, and some more of it occurred today or this weekend.
4: Yeah, it's a tough profession, and we all knew that getting into this profession. Um, I, I feel very fortunate to be here. You know, what I mean, I mean, I love the school. Like you know, you got Eric on the call. You mean you got great players, young men that I love, but feel very fortunate. You know, wish the best for Philip and his staff. You know, it's an unfortunate part of the profession, but it's it's part of what it is. You know, I've actually been communicating a little bit with Matt Rule. You know, he used to be in our league at Temple. You know, I also saw um, uh, Willie, um, who was at uh, FAU. I think what's the last name? But um, anyways. Willie uh, uh, Taggart. Willie Taggart. So Willie Taggart, you know, at FAU and there's been a lot of guys that have left our league that have gone into other jobs too. You know what I mean? And, and this year it kind of seems some guys are getting let go too, but it's, um, but, but our profession, it's, uh, you know, guys are getting paid a lot of money now. So people are trying to position themselves to try to, you know, make the move to try to be a part of, I don't even know if it's going to be called the power five, but this, this new, you know, uh, collection of, of teams. I don't know what's going to be called, but everybody's trying to position for that. And if you're in the next year, you're trying to position your program to kind of maybe they'll pick you up, but it's, it's kind of what it is right now. Um, is it's part of college football, you know, it, it's the way of the world.
1: So back to army Navy, you all are in somewhat similar positions, record wise army, uh, coming off wins over Connecticut and Massachusetts. And I'm not going to say anything about the caliber of those opponents, but army is five and six. And on the cusp of uh, being bowl eligible, uh, you're four and seven. And if you win this game, you're going to be five and seven, which would leave both of you within the same record. Um, but it, I mean, your thoughts do you feel like they, these are two teams? I mean, there you, it never matters what the record is, but it's odd that in this year, your records are very similar. Any thoughts on, you know that that do you, do you care about keeping Bar Army from going to a bowl?
4: No, we, we just want to win. I mean that's that's just our win and whatever the repercussions of that, obviously we'll take that too. But the the goal is to beat them. Uh, that's that's number one, and always is our goal. Number one goal to start the season, you know, winning Commander Chief Trophy. Also, obviously beating them. Um, but it, it, that's our goal to beat those guys and. You know, you throw out the schedule. I, I think you know. Last year, you look at that. I mean, they, they came to the game eight and three. You know, what I mean, so you did, none of it matters when we play. Not, nothing that happened before the game is going to matter. It's what happens on on that Saturday on the tenth. So, Eric,
1: one last quick question from you, and then we'll wrap it up.
5: Dude, I uh, you know, I appreciate your time with us, coach. You know, doing this. I know you're busy, and you know, you so many things going on. Um, you know, my prediction for the game is I think you guys are going to absolutely roll them. Uh, you guys have been playing very, very well. Defense, I'm not sure what Coach Newberry is doing, but second half adjustments are are just, it's incredible. I've, I've never seen a team hold Notre Dame to 12, 12, 13 yards and a half. Like, that's absolutely amazing. And I was there watching it and seeing the, the, the tempo of the players and everything else. But um, my last question is, you know, what is, what is one of your favorite memories uh, for the Army-Navy games? Over all the years you've you've coached.
4: um, you, it, it, yeah, it's 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 always the same, Eric. I mean, there's not one, but it's always seeking seen second. You know what I mean? It never gets old. It doesn't. It's always like the first time you did it. And so Yeah,
5: it's, it's fun. always fun seeing the players jump up on uh with the midshipmen and 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 stand there. I I saw players do that. Uh, uh, Reggie Campbell and uh, Reggie was 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 actually with the orchestra for it the whole time and it was just for me, that 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 game is just uh, iconic in my memory, and I uh, also, you know, beating Notre Dame. But Army Navy holds a, 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 a you know true value in my heart. So I appreciate your time, Coach. I really do. Thank you.
4: Hi, right, brother. Great seeing Eric. Thanks, Wags. You, Coach. Thanks, Coach.
1: Well, that closes out our pod for tonight? We'll be back next week to really get into the nuts and bolts and break down the big Army Navy game.